Welcome back, everyone. I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting this podcast. We have had overwhelming support till date. I think it's been about three weeks since we launched this podcast that we've had about 2,000 downloads and people from all around the world. I mean, I was shocked to find out that people from Spain and Malaysia and South America and America are just listening to this podcast. So just want to thank each and every one of you for your support. And I want to encourage you to continue sharing this because our vision is really to see believers and, of course, every human being just living fruitful, productive lives with principles from the Word of God. Today, I'm going to start a new series on relationships, sex, and marriage. Let me repeat, relationships, sex, and marriage. There was a poll conducted on our Instagram account um, last week, and the overwhelming um, request of the majority of the young people was that they would like to hear truths about relationships. So this is what I'm going to be doing for some time, and I believe that you will truly be blessed. Now, before I start, I want to just uh, lay down some uh, disclaimers in a sense, or just certain things I just want to say from the beginning, that number one, uh, this is not an original teaching of mine. I received this teaching from Pastor Benny Ho from Singapore, now located in Australia. I had the privilege to share a room with him many years ago while I was attending a church youth camp. I was there on invitation just to come and observe, and I was privileged to share the room with him. And he passed me some of his teachings on relationships, and I was able to come back home in Nagaland and teach the same principles. And this really, really set a lot of people free from doubt and anxiety regarding relationships and enable them to be able to navigate this monster called relationship, even in the Christian context. You know, relationship is such a dicey thing. A lot of people get into it uh, with right intentions and then they mess up. They have broken heartedness and then they experience shipwreck along the way. So relationship is such a big issue in the church for that matter. For people and so I really believe this is going to really bless you because I'm going to be sharing timeless principles from the Word of God and you know the thing about the principles from the kingdom of God are that they are applicable in any um, any country any culture um, doesn't matter whether you are in the 16th century the first century or the 21st century these principles are the truth from the Word of God and they will work they're applicable and they will set you free all right the second thing I want to say is this that um, even though I'm teaching this it is not that I have perfectly been able to apply all these principles in my own life I have met several errors uh, in these areas uh, before I came to know Christ so I just want to put that out there so that you do not have um, a wrong image of me as if I have had perfect relationships my entire life. I have not. I have met messes. I have um, experienced the consequences of wrong choices and wrong decisions. And so the burden in my heart to really teach on this and to help you avoid the same mistakes that I have made. All right. Now, when I begin to teach on uh, relationships, sex, and marriage, 
it is with the understanding, and I'm doing this primarily uh, from the Christian perspective, from the biblical perspective, with the understanding that all truth comes from God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the entire Bible starts with this phrase, in the beginning, God. So I believe all truth comes from God. All definition of gender and relationship and marriage comes from God. God is a source of all truth. And I believe truth can be, obs uh, truth can be absolute. Truth does not change whether it is generations, different centuries, different cultures. Truth never changes. And so I'm looking at relationships, sex and marriage from this perspective. I don't believe the truth is relative that the definition of marriage is relative and I, it has changed now from what it was in ancient Bible times. I don't believe that because God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He's a source of all truth. And therefore, we must define truth in relationships, sex or marriage, or for that matter, any area of Christian life from the biblical perspective. So we have to go to the scriptures to really understand these principles and how we can have successful Christian relationships and how we can guard our hearts and our bodies from wrong sex or sex before time, before God intended it for, and how we can enter into marriage um, with God's blessing. And I think it's so important for every Christian single adult and youth to understand these teachings. And I believe that this will really help many because a majority of the phone calls I receive is in the area of relationships. People having uh, problems in relationships, people having questions about relationships, people um, having experienced heartbreak in relationships and they're just confused how to deal with it, whether it's God's will and you know they are just confused about how to handle it in the biblical way, in the right way. So I'm going to be sharing 10 keys for building godly relationships. And again, I understand that this is not an original teaching of mine. I received this uh, teaching from uh, Pastor Benny Ho. And I'll be just be adding some information and some uh, thoughts of my own. But the, the basic template is from Pastor Benny Ho. Okay, so we're going to talk about relationships. And I'm, I guarantee you it's going to be really exciting. Uh, it's going to be revelatory for many of you and it's going to really help many of you have really healthy Christian relationships. Now, picture this. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And Eve comes to Adam and says, Do you love me? And Adam, of course, says, Of course. Who else is there? Because there was no one else in the Garden of Eden. But now, in the 21st century, there is a multiplicity of choices. I mean, there are so many choices available. So we need God's wisdom in helping us make the right choices, whether it's in a present relationship or whether it's in questions that you have, like, should I date? Can I have a boyfriend? Can I have a girlfriend? And still love Jesus? Can still have a serious relationship with God? Or if you are in a relationship, questions about how can I keep a right relationship, all right? So we're going to be dealing with all of those questions. Now, I'm going to be sharing from Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24 contains timeless principles uh, 
for dating, for relationship, Christian relationship, and even how to enter into marriage. So this is really the foundation of what I'll be sharing on in this entire series. Let's look at Genesis chapter 24, verse 1 onwards. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my tie, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the tie of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hands. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, basically he's praying here in verse 12, Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, Drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had ever known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let down her pitcher and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two breastlets for her wrists weighing ten shekels of gold and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, 
who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth towards my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the story goes that the young man runs and tells her household these things. And Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to meet the man by the well, and so they have the same conversation. And the servant wants to leave immediately, taking her back to Isaac. So they have this continuous long conversation about how they want her to be there for some time, but she, the servant really wants to go. So let me pick up the story from verse 58. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent her away, Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, that means the entire family blessed her, and said, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of men, thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Then Rebekah and her servants arose, rode on the camels, followed the man, and the man took Rebekah and departed. Verse 62. Now Isaac came down from the way of Beer Lahai Roy, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and he covered herself. She covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and he took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. All right, so this is a beautiful story about how this servant finds a wife for his master Isaac and it's not just like an arranged marriage because the Bible says that Isaac basically fell in love with Rebekah and so Rebekah also uh, reciprocated and it was a beautiful ending from a beginning that was initiated by the father. Okay, So let me just lay down a couple of principles today in this uh, podcast. Number one, the wisdom of seeking counsel. I'm sharing 10 keys for building godly relationships. And the first is this. There is wisdom in seeking counsel. You see, Isaac was not the only one involved in the search for a bride. It was his father, Abraham, who initiated. Um, the servant participated and he was searching. And he also prayed. The family of Rebekah, said yes, and of course, God intervened. So there was a group of people, including God, involved in the search for a bride. Now, this is important to understand because the young people of today, sometimes they look at their parents or they look at pastors as a hindrance in their relationship rather than a source of godly wisdom. Proverbs 15 verse 22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So even a relationship, because I believe you want to enter into a relationship with a plan for marriage. So this is also a plan, a 
plan is not just building a house. It's not just a five-year plan for development in a state. Even relationship is a plan. Your life is a plan. So there is a need for counsel even in this area. Why it's so important is because when you are young and you choose relationship by yourself, you're likely to make a mistake. Because when we are young, sometimes we make decisions based on our own feelings, based on emotions. And you need people around you to give you an objective view of that relationship or of that person. Maybe your father, maybe your pastor, maybe some elder brothers. People who have your best interests in mind and people who are not swept away by emotions and people who can advise you beyond just the physical looks of that person. You see, young, sometimes young people are very blind to the weaknesses of the opposite sex, blind to the weakness of the person that they are so infatuated with because they just see the good looks. They see just the charm, the personality. But there is sound wisdom in being able to judge a person, a relationship, or a situation from all the different aspects of life, including the experience of your parents and the pastors and elders who are able to advise you in a proper way. So it's important that you seek wisdom, seek counsel. Don't be in this relationship by yourself with the false pride that you can handle it yourself, that you are smart enough. Don't think that your parents are, you know, from the old century, that they are backward, that they are irrelevant, they have no idea of how to uh, date in the 21st century. Um, let me tell you this. Even though times may have changed and, you know, fashions change, cultures change, the heart of people when it comes to relationship, when it comes to um, emotions, when it comes to the things about the heart, people are still the same. From the beginning of time till now, people are still the same. And so there is much wisdom in people who have experienced a lot in life. So the first key that I would give you is this, the wisdom of seeking counsel. Seek counsel in your relationships. Let your, or you, let me say this, invite your parents, invite your elders into your relationship, okay? Don't just give in to the infatuation of the moment. Don't just give in to emotions and then make wrong choices that will affect you. Because relationships is one area where the choices that you make really have long-standing consequences. And the thing about choices is that even though you have the ability, you have the grace from God to choose according to your will, once you choose, you become a servant to your choice. You become a slave to your choice. So it's so important that in the area of relationships that you're getting it right. Okay? So this is the first principle that I want to share today. The wisdom of seeking counsel. Let your elders your parents be involved in your relationship. Not involved in the sense that they're always telling you what to do, what not to do, and controlling you, 
and even though you feel and you believe that it's a godly relationship yet they are asking you to stop it because they have some other reasons now that is again um wrong way of getting your parents involved and i understand that in a tribal culture many times the parents may want to be involved in a controlling way in a manipulative way um when i say seek counsel i don't necessarily mean that you have to bow down to everything your parents say because sometimes i've experienced this many times the advice of parents are against the bible the parents desire simply people who are rich um you know people from good families and then they would uh, be prejudiced towards your own choice even though your choice may be a godly one so when i say seeking counsel i don't mean that you have to just bow down to the dictates of your parents and elders what i'm saying is that seek their advice seek their opinions listen to it prayerfully meditate on it ultimately the decision is yours but there is wisdom in seeking counsel and then when you're seeking counsel seek it from godly people who can advise you from the biblical standpoint and not just from the tribal or from the cultural uh, traditional standpoint all right god bless you guys and tomorrow i'll come back with more principles if you have been blessed through this podcast we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of jesus christ from nagaland to the nations we make all our series available for free but it does cost us time effort and money to do it so the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions remember when you give the word of god says in 2 corinthians 9:8 that god is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency all things may have an abundance of every good work if you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one time gift kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland@gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section you can also give through this UPI ID 7005684533 at Paytm god bless you and thank you so much for your generosity